Welcome to the NFL Division Wrap-Up Show. We are wrapping up the NFC South, presented by the Fantasy Sportscape. I am your host, Lucas Reyes, here with my co-host and good friend, Julian Anchetta. Julian, how are you doing, bro? Doing all right. You know, you heard me twice uh, this week already. Or, sorry, heard me once this week already. So, back at it again, baby. So, you couldn't get away from me. Not, not this time. <laughs> not next week, however, only one time. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. You'll hear, me, you'll hear my sexy voice again. Anyways, Lucas, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. You know what? You're right, man. I'm hearing that sexy voice twice this week. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you for putting in this work, bro. Um, no worries, man. Before we get into the NFC South, though, we have a little bit of news that we can Ooh. get into. And uh, first one, we could just dive right into. How about Greg Robinson, uh, man? Ooh, this man. Speak, speaking of diving in, you know? Yeah, speaking yeah. of diving in, <laughs> uh, we could call this man Greg Trappinson. Uh, this, man, <laughs> this man is trapping, bro. Greg Robinson, uh, the Cleveland Browns tackle, uh, was caught for possession of 157 pounds of weed, man, Ooh. of marijuana uh, crossing the border uh, with intent to sell. I mean, come on now. Of course that's intent to sell. You mean able to say that, bro. 157 pounds? You're not smoking that in your lifetime, bro. No. Uh, of course this man's trying to sell this shit. And uh, just duffel bags of weed. I mean, crazy story here. I don't even know what's going to go on. Probably, I mean, for sure, uh, suspension. And this man's going to be, I don't know, for sure. I mean, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> what did you think about this story when this came out? When I first thought about it, I was like, man, I was like, Narcos Mexico is about to get so much, so, so much, ad- you know, so much free advertisement for this. You know, like any, <laughs> for- like, like, I'm telling you, like. 157 pounds of wheat, like, this man doesn't, I mean, obviously, he's an offensive lineman, so he weighs more than 157 pounds, but, like, how, my thing is, how did you fit, how did you get all that in one, like, how did you, how did you get that much, you know, that much weed, like, let's be honest here, like, like, one pound is a lot, but, like, 157 of that, like, come on, like, this man (laughs) you're right, man, I didn't even think of that, because, she man, oh my goodness, that's that's crazy, craziness. Yeah. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent, so uh, no. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, th- th- he's not gonna get resigned anywhere. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. maybe, hey, maybe the XFL, maybe the XFL. But I mean, let's. I don't know. We'll see. What oh that. man, Vince McMahon would have a field day. Imagine yeah. this was if that he was the XFL and he just got arrest or arrested and his first day back and he's in the XFL. The, oh, the yeah. interviews they're asking him. You bet. So, you better. Man, what was you doing? You better believe he's gonna have eye drops every single every single place he goes. He's this this man's gonna be ready for it. Like he's not gonna get away from this at all. Like this is this gonna would fall be on. a great pickup for that XFL. It would. It would. <laughs> Other news, man. Other news. Uh, Gotta stay Jarvis high. Landry. Uh, he had surgery. Um, he is expected though for the twenty twenty season. Good juice. Um, so good. Good for Jarvis Landry, man. I, I like Jarvis Landry. You know, yeah, he's trying to change that culture over there in Cleveland. Yeah. It's contagious, man. It's contagious. Yeah, um, hip surgery earlier this month, but he's Ooh, expected okay. to make a return. Um, a guy that we were talking about uh, last week for the for the podcast is one guy that people should definitely try to look after is a uh, tackle from the Titans, Jack Conklin, uh, set to be a free agent, and uh, he is going obviously not obviously he is being pursued hmm. by the Browns. It seems like. Um, He's definitely on their radar, mm-hmm. and this this would be a good good signing for the Browns. I think who definitely need another boost in the O line. Jack Conklin's a good guy. We talked about him, um, so that's also in the news. Uh, Redskins also released Jordan Reed, tight end mm-hmm. Jordan Reed, and I think Jordan Reed's a good player. I think he can yeah. still play, and I think he'll definitely get picked up uh, around the league. You know, you got to wonder if the Seahawks are kind of mad <laughs> that uh, they they just signed uh, Greg Olson 
Maybe they yeah. would have <laughs> would like to see Jordan Reed. Reed, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I when I when I first heard that signing, and uh, when I, you guys were talking about it on the podcast, mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, you know what? The Seahawks really just need to get a better tight end. Like, they, this is the second time they've they've gotten an older tight end. Uh, they got Jimmy Graham a few uh, years ago, and that I mean, come on, that was that was way past his prime. Jimmy Graham, he didn't do nothing in uh, in Seattle. And I mean, they just missed out on Jordan Reed because by pulling the trigger too early on Greg Olson, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Greg Olson would have been on the market still. I really yeah. do believe that. And then uh, the Lions released Damon Harrison, Oops. tackle, uh, big name guy. I mean, this guy's gonna get pursued uh, for sure. He's gonna get picked up, and I could definitely see it. But uh, the biggest news uh, that came out a few days ago, and it really shocked me, was uh, the NFL playoff picture might get revamped, extending it to seven teams per conference, not six. And uh, the owners already voted on it. It was non-unanimous, but it did get approved by the owners. And so now the players have to vote on it. Yeah. I already like the playoff picture as it is. Uh, I really enjoy it because it's the four division winners, obviously, and then the two wild cards. I think it's perfect the way it is. Seeing a seventh, I don't know how I'd feel about it. It doesn't really, um, it doesn't, what's it called, change too much, I don't mm. think. But uh, you only have 16 teams per conference, and mm. getting up to the seven, it's it's almost half of the half of the league, half of the conference making it to the playoffs. So I don't, I think it kind of takes away the competition. And uh, we've seen some of the craziest NFL playoff picture finishes happen in week 16, week 17. So I I, I kind of like how it's been. I'm, I'm a man of habit, a person, a creature of habit. So uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't I don't know, you know. Uh, if they should change it. What do you think about this playoff picture proposal? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, first off, before we do that, I really want to make this one comment, uh, the whole Damon Harris thing. Damon uh-huh. Harris thing. Um, I just found it funny that uh, him and Greg Robinson both like snacks, but for various, for, for two very different reasons, though. You know, but anyways, sorry, uh, that was just a joke on Damon Harris's name. They call, they call them <laughs> snacks, but anyways. And snacks. Yeah, snacks, man. You can't get away from them. Uh, the munchies and stuff. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> any, so anyways, uh, maybe you got the munchies from Greg Robinson's weed. That's man. what I'm saying. You got the munchie, you got the munchie meal from Jack in the Box. It's just, it's just, it's great. You know. Also, by the way, try that to cur- uh, curly sriracha fry burger. That we don't get any sponsorship from Ooh. that. Let me just tell you, that's just good. You said um, a curly sriracha burger. Is that yeah, what you just it's said? curly sriracha. I think it was like sriracha curly fry burger or something like that. From God you, damn. try that one. Ooh, from that munchie meal after 6 p.m. for Jack in the Box. Let me tell you, it'll change your life. But uh, moving moving <laughs> forward, moving away from food because I'm I'm getting hungry right now. So speaking about it, um, as far as the playoff picture goes, you know we're talking about. I mean, we were talking about this past playoffs. You know, they were there was a lot of competitiveness going in those games. You know, you're talking about the wild card round and obviously the divisional round, of course. But I just feel like it just proved that this is this is the way to the way we should we have right now is the way we should keep it because you know you have we have teams that are being competitive and you have something to play for in the season. If you add another team in there, you know you you just lessen the importance on the regular season because you're like, okay, you can, you know, you can basically be an average team like you said, and you can be like a team that goes nine and seven, right, and eight, and still have a chance to go to the playoffs. Like your goal should not be, eh, let's let's go five hundred and then make the playoffs. No, your goal should be like, hey, let's go, let's try and go nine and seven or ten and six, and then also aim for the playoffs too. So I think that just takes away from the importance are and just the just the importance of making the playoffs each and every season. But you know, like we've said it before. Um, the owners have have agreed on it. Have agreed on it. Uh, you, you said not unanimously. So yeah, not. So it wasn't unanimous. But you know, players have come out. Um, current players, of course, and guys like JJ Watt have come out and said 
basically it's gonna be a hard no on the CBA. I mean, he that he that even wants his tweet like, uh, it's a hard no for the new CBA. And then Richard Sherman even said that it isn't it doesn't make sense. And there was other veterans that came out and said this. So let's let's just go and see and wait for what the players have to say about this because we all because we see the owner side of it, but we haven't seen the player side of it. So I think it's just kind of a it's kind of wait and see approach on that. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't like it. It would mm-hmm. be weird because I think they said it would only be one uh, buy for per conference. So oh, one wow. team, I think maybe it's the one seed gets Probably. just one buy, and then the other teams just have to duke it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Which kind of you know kind of puts a damper on the one and two seed because those those two I think they do deserve a buy. And if you take a look at the standings, um, if let's say you apply this to this year, all right, um, and who would have made the playoffs? Well, first off, there's not even a winning record left after the sixth seed in the AFC. The next best record is eight and eight for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers were a surging team, but I, mean, I wouldn't want to see Mason Rudolph or whoever it was at, at that point, Devlin Hodges yeah. uh, leaving the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, th- I mean, these guys are just going to get bounced out. It's just another team that's going to get bounced out immediately. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, there's not, I, I don't think there's ever going to be a seven. Uh, if they, if they do implement it, a seventh seed team winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would have to be a crazy miracle run. I mean, six teams, Sometimes the sixth seed is already terrible, yeah. you know. So uh, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the change, and it seems like the players aren't, and it seems kind of like another money grab by the NFL because the NFL is very greedy um, as far as you know trying to ex- extend you know games too because they want to yeah. they want to extend the regular season too. So um, I think that th- things are fine. I feel like it's perfectly balanced, and um, they just they found their sweet spot where it is right now. So I don't see them needing to change. But now moving on to the wrap-up now, uh, covering the Panthers and uh, the Bucks, I believe. Buccaneers, yeah. And so I'll just start things off with the Panthers. I'll just give my little recap. Uh, the Panthers had a 5-11 and season, overall disappointing product on the field. And organizationally, I'm disappointed in them too because they lost Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now going to lose Cam Newton. They are officially shipping him around the league. They're, they're open to trade talks. The Panthers were a team carried by Christian McCaffrey this year. So um, I really, you know, an MVP candidate. So that's what really carried them to what their grade's going to be. Um, a running back is hard to lead the team to victories. You know, you need a, for a running back to lead a team, you need a great supporting cast. You have to look, just look at the Titans, all right? You know, Derrick Henry had a great team around him. He had playmakers around him too. Tannehill was playing well. Um, you also had A.J. Brown. So these guys were they had, they had playmakers, but on the Panthers side, I mean, you have Kyle Allen playing in, and he would have a good game, then like three bad games or whatever it may yeah. be. Um, they don't really have too many wide receiver uh, weapons, so it was hard. Uh, the Panthers, I gave him a C minus, and just because of Christian McCaffrey, if it wasn't for, if McCaffrey wasn't on the team playing like he was, they would get definitely be a D uh, grade for me. Um, coming in that division, I mean, they only had one win against division opponents, and that win came against the Bucks in a game where Jameis Winston had one of his five interception games. So mm-hmm. they were handed that win. They're clearly at the bottom of the division in a big transition period. And, uh, you know, these guys, I'm not going to, you know, bully them too hard and destroy them because they were bullied by their own schedule because they, <laughs> they, they had really good opponents, yeah, their whole time. I think they only had a few head-scratching losses, mm-hmm. um, like against the Redskins. That was a weird one. And uh, then they lost against the Falcons late when the Falcons started, you know, just going on a tear late in the season. So that was weird. 
But um, the the season overall, I'll give them and and where they are as a team, I'll give them a C minus, borderline D plus. Man, what what first thoughts on just how their season went? Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, you know, they had one bright spot this season, and it was Christian McCaffrey. You know, I mean, this yeah. this man held this team together as best as he could. Uh, you know, he's done what he did what he could for this team, but there's only so much, like you said, a running back can do for a team in this league. Nowadays, you know, you have to have a good sporting cast. And I was I was finding it kind of interesting that you uh, brought the Titans because, you know, you look at those Titans and you look at uh, Kyle Allen versus Ryan Tannehill. I mean, those are both Texas A&M guys, both guys who mm. came out of the same college. I mean, I'm just I just thought it was kind of funny with that. But, you know, you also have you also had an amazing offensive line for the Titans. And Jack Conklin was part of that offensive line, of course, that, you know, you could build through that. Whereas the Panthers really didn't have an offensive line. And it seems to be their problem. Uh, recently, and after, especially after Cam Newton got drafted, there is that they really haven't had a, a decent offensive line except for that year they won to the Super Bowl and they went, you know, fifteen to one that season, you know, and so that that just goes to show you what a good offensive line can do for that team. Um, but with the Panthers, you know, it's a transition period, obviously, for this offseason. You got you got moving pieces. You got a new head coach going in there. You have you know a new offensive coordinator with Joe Brady in there as well. You have a bunch of guys who who you can. You're basically it's going to be like one of those wait and see kind of. Who's gonna Who's gonna step up and who's gonna step away, kind of thing. So I think I think this season I think C minus is about is about where they're at right now for this season. Yeah, um, yeah, a huge transition period for sure. Like you said, the coaches and then just where they would like to go directionally because they have so many free agents and um, they just have it's just a big transition and where they're gonna be. I think it's gonna be a completely different identity as far as this decade and where they're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's just start it off with their head coach. And I don't really know too much about Matt Rule. And I had to go ahead and just do a little bit of research. I read an article um, uh, by, by this media media article by some some Charlotte based um, media team, and they were talking about Matt Rule, how we got how we got the uh, the job, and it was a really really interesting way how he landed that job because David Tepper, you know, who was obviously looking for a man with a lot of experience, but mm. Matt Rule is is that wasn't that person. And take a look at the Matt Rule's contract. He had a se- he's a seven year contract. Worth sixty-two million. So clearly, the Panthers are all on board with this guy. Um, you guys should go definitely read this article for sure. This is a great one. How Tepper and and uh, the front office went down to Waco, Texas, where Matt Rule lives, and and it's a crazy story. How Matt Rule was literally pulling up in his car the same time they were already there from vacation. This man's dressed in freaking Hawaiian t-shirts or whatever. <laughs> from Mexico, a hey, man's having a good time, but. The business is business, and immediately they get to to Kraken. They have a five hour meeting at their house. Immediately hit it off. Um, they they think the same way, and I think you know what I have to give David Tepper the benefit of the doubt because even though I don't know about rules capabilities and what he could do mm-hmm. or he could bring, I think that you have to just give him the benefit of the, of the doubt because of what they had beforehand. You know, Tepper knows what a world class coach is because he just had Ron Rivera. And so I think he knows what he's looking for. He must have seen some similarities or something that he really liked in Matt Rule. So I'll give Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt. Now, the offseason, though, for the Panthers, it is going to be a huge one. I mean, this team is just littered with needs everywhere. I mean, obviously quarterback. I think the only position they're good at is running back because of Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> but, they, but seriously, they need a lot of help um, on the offense. I mean, they don't have a wide receiver playmaker. They need some bolstering down at the inside of their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then they maybe need a tight end. They just lost Greg Olson. Ooh. I mean, uh, but they're free agents, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's just going to be a big year for the front office. 
because uh, the free agents that they have are older, but they also played well. Uh, the Panthers were second in the league with uh, in sacks with 53, right behind the Steelers, who had 54. So in a perfect world, you would love to see a lot of these guys come back, and you see what sacks can do for your season. At, at like the Steelers, who had a terrible beginning to the to the year, almost made that leap into the playoffs. But they're free agents. I mean, the, the guys that played well on defense, they're getting up there in age, and it's hard to gauge what you know an older defensive player can bring, especially once they start getting older. Because with defensive players, their fall offs are are drastic. They immediately yeah. fall off the cliff once they once they hit their wall. Uh, for example, Don Terry, Paul, Jared, Jared McCoy, and Bruce Irvin, they were all solid. Um, they all had at least five sacks each, almost getting to ten. Um, the only thing is that this their age, and I think. I would love to see these guys come back, but uh, I think Don Terry Poe and McCoy are definitely yes, but I don't think Bruce Irvin is going to is gonna make that return, unfortunately. I think he gets cut out of the three. He has the lowest PFF grade of the three, and he's also the oldest at 33 years old. All of them are over 32, um, by the way, out of these guys, and these guys were really, you know, really big impact players and really played solid for him, so I would love to see them return because um, I love to see that longevity in the league, but that's just to put in perspective what their offseason might look like. And I also think Trey Boston um, will get re-signed. I like Trey Boston a lot. He was a charger. And he's a definitely capable guy, and he gets chipped around a lot, but he needs a home. And this guy plays well. I think he should stay in Carolina. So they have big questions there. But the biggest one, and I want to see what your opinion on this, because I have a crazy scenario, is, is Cam Newton. And uh, we said it already that Cam Newton's going to be shipped around. No. Um, I mean, look, this free agency has never been more filled with quarterbacks before, big-name quarterbacks. And I think it makes sense for Cam Newton to go to the Bears, all right? So th- let me okay. break down this s- scenario. The Panthers trade Cam Newton for Cordero Patterson and maybe a few picks, like a second and a fourth rounder, because the Bears do have two second-round picks this year, and they might even receive a comp- compensatory fourth-round pick. So I think it's a win-win for both teams. Chicago is suddenly much better. Cam Newton at the helm, way better than Trubisky. Definitely a contender for that division, even with the Packers there. And uh, I think that's a big jump from where they were last year. And then suddenly the Panthers have a lot more draft picks and a lot more drafts to talk to work with. You don't know what that could lead to other trade-wise. You bring in Cordero Patterson, which is a good move, I think. I mean, this guy's still a playmaker. I'm still a fan of him. I don't care how old he is. He's still fast as hell. This man's still, huh. you know, you see teams like the Chiefs. You just need a playmaker, and you just need guys to let them do what they do. Um, I would love to see that. So we have pra- Patterson and Christian McCaffrey, and then I would love to see the Panthers love land Taysom Hill. All right. Okay. Imagine Taysom Hill, Patterson, and Christian McCaffrey. I think that's suddenly a huge, you know, different step in a different direction. But but I think it's a good one. You give Matt Rule, I mean, if this is what he wants to bring and implement, give him all the power to it. Obviously, you believe in him and you're gonna let him do what he wants to do with that seven-year contract. So why not? I mean, even if you don't think of Taysom Hill as a franchise quarterback, this is still a good quarterback, a transitional quarterback for sure, until you find that guy who you want to be um, as your franchise. I mean, I don't see him playing the league for a long time, but I do think that this instantly changes the dynamic for the Panthers. And um, so I just think that it's, it suddenly becomes a much more appealing team to me. Taysom Hill, Christian McCaffrey, Cordero Patterson. Uh, what do you think about that scenario? Yeah, uh, that definitely adds a lot of firepower to that team. As a Saints fan, of course, that would uh, definitely scare me a little bit. Not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, you have that. You have Taysom Hill and you have Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. You know, you better believe one of them is going to run the ball. Let's be honest here. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be there's going to be absolutely no passing to the ball. Like, there's going to be, like, re- I guarantee you Cordell, Pat- Cordell Patterson will, like, throw as many passes as Taysom Hill does. Like, let's be honest here, you know. Maybe. But I mean, 
but you know I'm half joking on that. But um, but yeah, I mean that 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 would be a good that'd be a good step forward, like you said. You know, it'd be a transitional period. It wouldn't be like a wouldn't be like a a future thing. Like it'd be happening five years down the road. At least you hope not. But um, yeah, I mean it, I could see that happening. You know that especially for the first year, you gotta you gotta run, you gotta stick with it, you gotta run. You know, you know. So I think I think Taysom Hill would definitely uh, fit in that offense, especially with Matt Rule. Um, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be scared for sure for, uh, opposing defenses to see that. Yeah. And I think it would fit well because one of the things that rule was very, um, vocal about was his commitment to, you know, some traditions like having a good running game. And mm-hmm. obviously you already have one with Christian McCaffrey and I think Taysom Hill would act, would, act, uh, bring another dynamic to it. And, uh, he, he, you know, he seems like a guy that's, that's very balanced with, what works like traditionally like running the ball, but also seeing the game evolve. And I think Taysom Hill is, is a kind of guy that is, is a product of the evolution of the game and why not? So, so see what you could do there. And then as far as draft goes though, I mean, we, I said it, these guys um, have a lot of needs everywhere. Uh, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, we just saw a tight end um, uh, and Jordan Reed mm. just hit the market. So we'll see if, you suddenly, you know, bring another weapon there, and the Panthers will suddenly just look night and day if they make all of these moves. And uh, David Tepper does does have the cap space too. Uh, the ca- uh, the Panthers are around thirty million okay. uh, in cap space, so that's really, um, really, really moderate. Because some 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 teams have fifty million, which is insane to me. I don't know how how they have that much, but but I would I would say that's good. That's a good start. Um, I don't think that these guys should address. I'm going to the draft now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think these guys should address um, the defensive line just because of how many sacks they got this year. I think that that what they have, it, if they could retain some of these players, uh, it would be it'd be really good to see what they could do. I think that this what now with at the seventh pick, they should just take whatever the best player comes to them, and uh, maybe they will be linebacker Isaiah Simmons. I mean, this guy is a, is a clear stud, a top ten pick, and. Uh, it's it's difficult between between what they want to do, but I think as far as the physical physicality of what Rule said that he he already likes, I think Simmons would be a good pick there. If not, just address um, offensive line. But that's what I think that the Panthers should go. But they just have so many angles that they could attack. At. It's really a toss up between how they attack uh, address free agency and the offseason first leading up to the draft. But what do you think about just them just drafting an offensive tackle, or should they go a little bit spicier with Isaiah Simmons? Um, I mean, as far as Isaiah Simmons goes, I, I would, I don't, I don't know, man. Cause like that offensive line, it, it looked like I said for it, you know, I said that that offensive line does need help. Um, and that could definitely help with Christian McCaffrey, his running numbers and just stay and just keeping them healthy, keeping that, uh, keep keeping those guys in the backfield healthy, whether it's Taysom Hill or whether it's some other guy and whether it's even Kyle Allen, you know, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think, I think definitely adding some offensive line help would, would do wonders, but at the same time, that Isaiah Simmons fellow, man, he's something else in that defensive in that defensive uh, backfield. Plus, you plus you can't forget about Keekley retiring. You know, um, yeah. you got you can't forget about that. You know, you lose a you lose a big part of that defense, and Isaiah Simmons could help in could help bring in a new era for that defense, especially. Um, so I, I think I think for me, I would definitely go Isaiah Simmons just because he's more of a difference maker than those, those offensive linemen. Just because you can find good offensive linemen in this draft all all across the board, and guys you can plug and play in. Whereas at getting a good linebacker, there you know there's there's only few, there's only such a few guys that can come in and just change the game like Luke Kuechly did or Isaiah Simmons will do for a team. So I, I definitely would go Isaiah Simmons for sure if I was picking for the Panthers. Yeah, I think so too. But just because 
Um, he was the most blitzing uh, secondary player, I guess, how to pronounce that. Skill players. There you go. That's what I was to say. Um, out of any player in college this year, I mean, he blitzed a, a, a whopping amount percentage of his players. So, and I think that would fit perfectly with what the Panthers have been doing this year, um, this past season, with how they've been able to get to the quarterback. Simmons is such a versatile player. I could totally see him uh, being a polarizing player for that Panthers team. And I think I would just lock him up as a as a as that draft uh, pick at seven. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do it. Hopefully, no one else swoops on him beforehand. Um, but the needs before the teams beforehand doesn't seem to look like linebacker, at least at a first glance. But now I'm going to hand it off to you for the Bucks, and I'm really excited to see let's what do you think is going to happen over there, especially with Jameis Winston. All right, Buccaneers line, you always do this. Uh, it's kind of actually before, before I start with the Bucks, um, I just want to kind of bring this up. Uh, before when I was a little kid, before when I, I decided to be a Saints fan, uh, I did go for the Bucks in the 2002 Super Bowl. So kind of a bandwagon back then. I'll admit I, I was a bandwagon. If you if you see it, then you te- you talk about it. Um, but you know now that we now that I moved on, and now that. You know, the Bucks have been, you know, one of our rivals. I've been k- planning, uh, paying a close attention to them lately. And that why, and that's why I have, I have a whole grade for them. Like, I've got, I gave them a C, to be honest. And let me tell okay. you why I gave them a C. They went 7-9. and nine. Uh, They were, I believe they were second in the NFC South. But are, they might have been, like, tied or maybe third for the NFC South record-wise with the Falcons. Um, but anyway, so they, so they went, uh, so, so anyways, they went 7-9 and nine this season. Uh, they did. It was kind of weird because their stretch of games, they were they really hot and cold. Uh, I was looking at their mm-hmm. schedule, and I believe I believe from like weeks. Let me see. They they were like on a four or five game losing or four game losing streak from week five to all the way to week nine because they had a bye week in week seven. Um, but from week ten to week uh, fifteen, they they won five out of their six games. You know, with their only with their only loss being the, the Saints. So that's you know that that definitely that definitely helped them bring that grade up uh, for that. For that team, also the draft stock down, but still, yeah, you know, you can only hope. Uh, right. They they were going seven and seven. Of course, they lost their last two games, which made them go seven and nine against the Houston uh, Texans and the Atlanta Falcons. So I think with this team, they're really hot and cold. Um, so, and they went with Jameis Winston. It went with how he did. I mean, how many how many interceptions he threw? Because you know he was going to throw one or two at least in each game. Like let's be yeah. honest. Like yep. he. You know, he threw 33 touchdowns for this season, but he also threw 30 interceptions. That led the league in interceptions. Like, I don't – like, I, I like whenever you see that, you're like, dang. Like, like he really did well. Like, if you're looking at the touchdowns, you're looking at yards. Because he threw over 5,000 yards. You're like, okay, like, he had a good season. But then you're like, but he also – you know. And so, kind of it – was, it was kind of interesting to see that because, you know, Bruce Arians is an offensive mind. He's an offensive guru. That's what he's known for. And he brought up James Winston's numbers for sure. But he also – a lot of more leeway than – many other people would which i mean could be good but also could be bad um just depending on whether or not he has a good game or not um so i think so i think besides Jameis winston uh you know you have you had two guys on the receiving corp both go to the pro bowl uh, both guys with mike evans and uh what's the guy's name chris godwin yeah. uh go for over a thousand yards in the season i mean that's that that that, that that's awesome to see Especially Chris Godwin, I know I was gonna draft, was trying to draft my fantasy team because I heard good things about him. Because I heard that obviously, you know, whenever you see a guy like Bruce Arians coaching, you always try to get like a backup receiver because you know he's gonna go off for some games. Um, but yeah, I didn't get him, so kind of angry about that. But hey, you know, he, he still and they also had Brashad Perryman step up Ex- once those two went down. Exactly, and that he was a leading receiver in the past two in those last two games. So I mean that you have you know you have a young guy in that sense, and then he also had like over six hundred fifty yards himself too. So I mean you're talking about you know, really one-two punch with the third guy who's who would be a solid number three anywhere, to be honest. Maybe even a number two on some on some teams. Yeah, easily, you know? um, easily the best receiving core going into next year, I think. Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent sure. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, you have that team, and I, I think you know, obviously, they, they need to work on that. Uh, they work in the running game because they didn't have a guy go over a thousand yards for that uh, running team. They had they had uh, Ronald Jones, who I believe he hit six hundred fifty yards or six hundred yards. I believe so. I'm not too certain. Let me, let me look those numbers up before I start talking. Um, but yes, before okay, blah, blah, blah. anyways, uh, yeah. So he hit if I could. He hit sorry, he hit seven hundred twenty four yards. So a little so a little over what I originally expected, but still. Yeah. Under a thousand, um, but I th- this team, you know, this team, this team has a lot of this team has a lot of good things on offense for sure. Defensively, we'll talk about that, you know, coming up. But for sure, offensively, they 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 have some good weapons and good key weapons. Now, going into the off season, you have you have big question mark at quarterback, of course, you know, because Jameis Winston is a free agent this season. You don't know whether you can, we don't know whether you're going to franchise tag him, re-sign him, or just get rid of him because. You know, as good as as good as Jameis Winston has been, he's also have been he's also has been their worst Christmas. Chris, he's also been their worst kryptonite as well. You yeah. know, with it with him turning the ball over consistently, and you you need a guy who's gonna who's gonna put up similar numbers to that. I mean, obviously, five thousand yards is a lot, but a guy who can put up at least four hundred or four thousand four hundred or forty five hundred yards, and maybe have you know thirty some touchdowns, if not like twenty six, and then like obviously you want you want under fifteen interceptions at least. You know. If you can have a guy doing that with those numbers, with getting them spreading the ball around to Evans and spreading the ball and giving those uh, wep- giving those guys, giving those uh, passes to your weapons that you have, like you know those two guys and or the three guys in the wide receiver. But you also have guys like OJ Howard as your tight end and Cameron Bray, you know Mister uh, Mister Red Zone himself. Um, you know you you talk about that and you're like, okay, like this team has a good offensive core, you know, and as far as the, uh, Receivers wise, you have Rashad Perriman, who's going to be a free agent this season. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with him. Yeah, running backs wise, you know, you really, you really have Peyton Barber, who's the second guy in that in that uh, in that lineup. Uh, it's what he's going to be the free agent. So you know, whether you want to resign him or not, it depends what you want to do with that offensive line. You know, you have Donovan Smith, who's getting paid fourteen and a half million dollars as left tackle uh, for the salary this season. Uh, you know, it's he, he's a good offensive tackle, but fourteen and a half million dollars is a lot of money to pay. I'm not saying get rid of yeah. him because I mean that's going to be a tough, tough sell for anybody. But you're 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 combining a lot of money in this offensive line. I think it's like I've, I'm counting this right now. You have around like uh, about thirty-four million dollars uh, committed to your offensive line, and that's just the three guys. You have Donovan Smith at fourteen and a half. You have Ali Marpet out of Hofstra coming out at ten ten point six, and then you also have Ryan Jensen, your center, coming at a solid ten million. Yeah, that's a lot of money, and then you also had to, you also got to find a right tackle because your right tackle this season was uh, Demar Dotson, but he's also a free agent this season. So you want to see whether I would say for that aspect, you would definitely draft a guy like that because because as far as salary rise, Demar Dotson is going to cost some millions of dollars, and I doubt you're going to want to pay that much money to offensive line who's which is let's be honest, his average at best. It's not it's not it's not the best in the world. Right, league. they were seventeenth in sacks allowed too. So right. um, even Jameis Winston's a little <laughs> bit of a mobile quarterback. So yeah. I, I think. I think that uh, yeah, there's there's some pieces that could definitely be moved around there and and mm. be re- a little bit restructured because that money that you're pouring out there isn't really yeah. getting the best product uh, for what you're paying. It's not. I mean, you, you're talking about a lot of guys who, let's be honest. I mean, they're they're they're, they're solid guys. That let, let's let's be honest. They they are starters in the league. But if you're paying that much money to those guys, you're expecting a lot better numbers, especially not 17 in sacks allowed to that offensive line. So I think. You would try. You'd be better to, suited to get a right tackle from either free agency if you can find a solid one, or if not, uh, dr- the draft. You know, I would definitely say the draft and try and develop him through that sense. Uh, but as far as quarterbacks goes, um, 
I go, sorry, going back to quarterback, of course, I would definitely try and draft a guy just because, you know, as far as quarterbacks goes, you can always, you can get, you can go get a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he's, he's a guy from Florida, you know, mm-hmm. a guy, you know, Saints guy, you know, that'd be that kind of, that, that, uh, that would make three Saints guys go into the NFC, you know, being in the NFC South. So that's fun. Um, you know, you have obviously you'd have Taysom Hill going to the Panthers. You have Teddy Bridgewater going to the Buccaneers. You know, all, all the Falcons need is I don't know the fourth string is, but whoever Huey is, just send them the Falcons, and then boom, we're all there. You know, taking over, baby, let's go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I, I think I think either trying to draft. I think I think it depends what you want to do again, because you know we you have Bruce Arians, and you know you have Teddy Bridgewater, and he could he could bring him up. But at the same time, you know, if you want to, I could understand if you want to draft your own guy, develop him that way, you know, maybe get a guy like Jordan Love with a 14th pick overall. You know, I know that, I know that for some people it'll be a little high, but with, but with Jordan Love, you know, doing his thing, you know, you never know. But then again, people do say that Jordan Love does remind them a little bit of Jameis Winston with, uh, with the amount of turnovers he's done, he threw this off through this season for the Utah, Utah State. So again, it it is kind of can, like. Can I ask you because you've been talking, you guys have been talking about Jordan Love a lot yeah. Um, yeah. these past few podcasts. Do you guys think? Do you think he's could be a first round talent? Yeah, because I, I think, think if you can, if if he is, then why not take him? Yeah, no, I think he's a he's an amazing first round talent. I think he's the biggest boomer bust guy right now. Like, he, if you mm. boom, you can get a guy who's you know a who's an all star, you know, or, sorry, Pro Bowl or type type caliber player. But if he's a if he's a bust, obviously you're talking about a guy who's again floors Jameis Winston, you know. So mm-hmm. a guy who, a guy who can put up big numbers, but at the same time also put up a lot of turnovers because he's gonna force balls where they don't need to be forced into, um, you know. So I think I think in that sense, what do you, you know, think about uh, the the LASIK surgery that he had? Do you think that has anything yeah. that will change anything over I mean, there? I mean, it might it might, might change his vision. He might throw less interceptions. You know, he might see some. Or at the same time, it might be worse for him. You know, you never know. You know, yeah. you you never know with him, but. Anyways, moving on to the defense because we focus like a bunch of time on the offense more than time than I expected. Uh, you have this defense which has a lot more question marks. I'll admit you have this defensive line. Obviously, you have Nadamikin Sue, who's a free agent. You have uh, Vita Vea, who was our first round pick a couple years back. You have William Golston, who who was a pretty good guy. But this this defense really revolves around this linebacking court because you have yep. you know Levante David, you know who's 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 still a solid guy, solid contributor. But then you also have the the one guy who I think is the most impressive guy in this linebacking corp, and that's Shaq, and that's Shaq Barrett. This man had 19 and a mm-hmm. half sacks this past season. You know, Amazing, bro. It, right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the team as a whole had 47 sacks uh, for the sorry, the Buccaneers had 47 sacks, and to say that he one player had 19 and a half of 19 and a half of them, you know, that's almost like half. I mean, that's a little bit less, obviously a lot less than half, but still, like that's that's, like that's a, a third contributor. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's a that's a contributor. You know, one player. And then you also have a guy like Devin White who you drafted a couple years back. So I think the, you have a lot of solid core. You have a solid. You have a lot of solid links in that linebacking corp. Uh, so you have a lot of guys who can go out and perform. Plus, you also have a guy like Jack Kitchy, I think, or Sitchy. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he's from Iowa. The only reason I bring him up is because like they played uh, Iowa played USC in the Holiday Bowl a couple years back. I was at that game and he had like three sacks in a row on in his you know in his possession. So I was kind of pissed about that. But hey. You know, we move on from that, you know, big time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, then you look at the secondary, and that's where the questions really, really start stacking up because this secondary yep. is one is uh, one thing, but they are definitely, definitely, definitely thin up up there. You know, they don't have – they don't really have a big-name type of player. You know, you look, you look at all these guys, and, you know, you see injuries, injuries, injuries. You guys – you know, I mean, like Justin Evans, who's a, who's a safety, hasn't played in almost two years, you know. 
This mm-hmm. man, I mean, he's been so many injuries. Plus, you have a guy like Dakota Dixon, who's been who had a season injury that in training camp, and you have Jordan Whitehead, who has who was in who's uh finished on IR because of a hamstring injury. And you're talking about, and that's just safeties alone. You're not even talking about cornerbacks, you know. So I think I think definitely question marks are surrounding this defense a lot. This is where they'll definitely focus most of their draft capital. Is you think so? Um, you know, so I think definitely if we're talking about draft picks and we're moving on to the draft to see who they draft, you got to say, you know, one of those guys in the secondary, maybe a guy from LSU. I know we've talked a lot, a lot about the LSU defensive, uh, those LSU defense guys, but I mean, you know, you can always say, you can always find some good talented guys there. Um, you know, looking at, you know, my draft, let me see, uh, you know, like you said, I know you said you brought Grant Delbert for the Falcons, uh, in the last podcast that we did together. Or was it not? Sorry, not you. Uh, David did. Um, I think we both then, did because I also had him going for maybe uh, the Seahawks. That's right. You, that's right. You did for the Seahawks. I remember you brought him up for the Seahawks. And, you know, I think if you could – the Buccaneers might take a look at him. You know, you never know. I mean, they they need they, they definitely need help up there. Um, if you're not looking at him, you're looking at some of those guys. Maybe a guy like C.J. Henderson from Florida. A guy like Christian Fulton from LSU. You know, a shutdown guy for sure. But it's just it's just one of those things of you definitely need help in that secondary. You definitely need to get a, a top level guy in there because if you keep going rolling the way you're rolling, you're gonna be burned in secondary. And especially especially with the NFC South, with you know, obviously you have you're facing, you know, Drew Brees for at least another season, you're also facing Matt Ryan for whoever knows how long. You know, you're talking about guys like you're talking about a guys where you need a good secondary to to compete in that uh in that division. What do you think, Lucas, about this? Yeah, I think um I, I could wait on Jordan Love because I think he's definitely going to drop once he gets past uh, the the Bucks. I mean, I don't think that I would see another team trying to trying to get him. So I think you could try and wait off and maybe try and pick him up in the second round. I do mm-hmm. want to see them address the secondary um, because I do think that it would just make that team a lot better. I mean, Shaq Barrett had a great season. He's going to be forcing a lot more picks if he just gets a little bit more help back there. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. This guy had 19 sacks. You know that he had a million – a million moments where the quarterback got it out barely in time because they're trying to get they're scared of this fool and he's yeah. gonna get um he's gonna get a uh, game plan for sure and he's yeah. not gonna I, you know it's gonna be kind of a little bit of a drop off just because he is gonna be significantly um planned around now it's gonna be yeah. kind of like how Aaron Donald was a few years ago he he cannot be stopped but you cannot ignore him so Shaq Barrett's gonna be that guy where you can't ignore I think if you definitely get that going um address that secondary this bucks team is going to be nice give him two years because no look give him a few more years to grow they have a, a lot of playmakers man you could definitely always build around an edge rusher guy and if you give him help in the secondary this it's just great 14 is a good good place to be at that's not a bad place to be at at mm-hmm. all and uh i think that offensively quarterback could maybe be addressed in free agency for sure and maybe um like like we said joe uh Oh my gosh, what was his name? Love Jordan Love. He could be. Mm-hmm. He could drop down for sure. So I think um, definitely the secondary. That's where I would go. And I would, tor- yeah. and I would and I would love to see the Bucks turn into um, that defensive force they were when they won that Super Bowl. Um, yeah. You know too. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's good good analysis right there, Lucas. You know you always gotta. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like for the I feel like for the Bucks though, like they've got a lot of question marks on that team. But if you can get, I think. I think if you can get a solid guy, a solid, a solid few players in this team, I think you can, uh, you can start building towards something in the future, especially with Bruce Arians as that coach. You know, watch out for that yeah. team because they're going to be a dark horse for sure coming going to next season. Look, I'm just saying, um, yeah. the Chiefs, they're not a, an, an astounding defense, but they do have hella playmakers on offense. The Very Buccaneers, um, they're, they're a quarterback and like a piece or two away on defense from 
being very similar to being the Chiefs to being really stacked on offense yeah. and uh, just having a few playmakers in the secondary. So I'm not saying they'll win the Super Bowl or anything, but they, give them a give them a year or two, and I could totally yeah. see the Bucks exploding, especially under Bruce Arians. But uh, I think that wraps it up for um, the <laughs> podcast. Anything else you would like to sneak in here before we go? No, man. I mean, I, I, I think I went a little longer than I was supposed to because I know he last time was like 30 minutes and now it's like 40 minutes at this point. Um, but yeah. I mean, we just got hell in depth. Very true. Very true. But no, as far as anything going, I mean, no, nothing really. I mean, just, you know, just hoping it's obviously the combine's coming up next weekend. So just, you know, look to see that, uh, see how see how players do for that. But other than that, man, I mean, we'll be back for then. So we're just ready to go. It's rock and roll, you know. All righty. Thank you, Julian, so much. Tell these people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Snapchat at Julian and Cheta A-N-C-H-E-T-A. I bring that up every week, but no one seems to follow, but it's okay. It's okay. Well, eventually, we're going to get somebody on there. Uh, anyways, so, yeah, you can follow me on there. Uh, I, I, posted, so I posted a great story, at least I think I did, uh, yesterday about how, um, you know, name Roxanne for anybody. You know, anybody named Roxanne has been, you know, brought up in. It's, it's, it's a long story, but if you have the time, watch it. I'll save it and stuff. Um, and just how, like, nobody really has my name on a song. So, you know, looking for that next next, next, Rick, Rock, next, Rick, next Rick Ross banger. Julian and Chad, look it, look it up. It's, it's coming. I can, I can already tell. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, yeah, other than that, man, I mean, Snapchat's the way to go for me. How about you? Where can they find you at? You can find me on Twitter at SugarFreeFSC and on Instagram, Lucas underscore Reyes. Thank you guys for listening. For everyone at the Fantasy Sports Cave, we are out.